Here's a little song to start the show. It's over now, let's go. Hey, hello, check, check. This is Brian Jost. Welcome to the podcast, Eureka Point Lighthouse. That is the name of our band. And here are my friends and bandmates, Jimmy, Bob, and Carl. Say hi, guys. Hi, people. This is Bob. Hey, everybody. It's Carl. And this is Jimmy on the vocoder, as usual. Uh, still addicted to the vocoder, I hear. Yes, sir, I am. Hey, could you make, like, different sounds with the vocoder? Don't you like this sound? Well, it's okay. It's just, you kind of sound like a boring robot. Well, maybe I will change it up for you sometime soon. Hey guys, I think that's enough for the chit-chat. I totally agree. Let's get started here for this episode. We have, um, let's see, another fake letter from a listener. Did, did you say fake? No, no, just another letter what? from a listener. What are you not telling us, Brian? Oh, no, nothing. Forget it. Forget it. So this letter uh, was addressed to me. It says, Dear Brian... I am one of the medics that came to your home last week when you called 911 because you thought you were having a heart attack. I was just wondering, how are you doing? Have you had any more false alarms since we met? I was thinking, since we determined that you did not have a heart attack, maybe it was a panic attack, your first one ever. Congratulations. I hope that goes well for you. Signed, your friendly neighborhood EMT Tom. EM, are those his initials? EM Tom? No, EMT Tom? dumbass. No, Bob. Uh, EMT. Emergency, what is it? Emergency medical technician? It's a medic. Oh, MT. No, EMT. What's wrong with you, Bob? Oh, I didn't sleep very well last night. Oh, you should catch a nap after this. Oh, I would love that. Hey, Brian, do you think Tom is correct that you had a panic attack? I'm really not sure, but... I think it may have been, um, but I could breathe and everything I've heard about people having panic attacks is that it's difficult for them to breathe. So I don't know. I don't know what it was, but it, yeah, I thought I was having a heart attack. Called 911. I guess I was not having a heart attack. So eh, I must be fine. I think you're just a little too stressed out. Yeah, it's probably it for stress and anxiety, maybe. Yeah, it probably, probably, but it felt like something else was going on. I'm maybe. Not sure. Maybe you just need a nap like me. Yeah, you're probably right. Hey, Brian, are you going to read that blog post you showed me? Oh, yes, I do have that ready. Actually, this is a blog post by my friend Al Levin. So, uh, unlike what you might think of some of the letters we read from listeners, this person, Al Levin, is a, is a real person. He has a real blog and a real podcast, and uh, he has given me permission to share this blog post that I have some thoughts about. So, Al Levin, he's a life coach. He's a mental health advocate. He produces and hosts a podcast titled The Depression Files. He's also a principal in a pre-K through 8th grade public school. You can learn more about Al and his podcast and his blog at thedepressionfiles.com. I mentioned in a previous episode that when I performed a couple songs at my first open mic that I had a supportive friend there with me at the open mic, and, and that friend was Al Levin. So this blog post got me thinking sort of unexpectedly, too, um, and I'm going to read it. It's titled, Others Have It Worse, and this, is, uh, this was posted October 11th, 2021. Here goes. Al's words. 
I was recently hanging out one evening with some friends, at six feet of distance, outside at a bonfire. I started to engage in a conversation with an acquaintance who is a firefighter. He knew of the advocacy work that I do around mental health. We hadn't spoken in quite some time, and I could tell he was a bit on guard for what he could see was going to be a mental health check-in that I often get into when I see him. This was the first time having this conversation with him since the COVID pandemic began. When I mentioned that it must be tough being a firefighter and seeing so much death, his response was, Sure, I've seen a great deal of death, pictures in my mind I'll never get out of my head, but others have it worse. Why do so many people diminish their own pain and suffering by thinking and or declaring that others have it worse? Sure, others may have it worse. In fact, you could think of the worst case scenario and somebody's more likely got it even worse than that person. That doesn't mean you don't have your own challenges with which to address. This isn't about comparing who has it worse. It's about maintaining one's own mental health. It seems to me that by stating that others have it worse, one can avoid the responsibility of acknowledging and taking ownership for their own difficulties or struggles. After all, to admit that things are challenging would mean that you'd have to address them. And to address them takes time and effort. But if taking that time and effort to work on your own mental health would allow you to once again feel, to get out of the depths of depression, or to finally understand how to handle your past traumas so that you weren't always in the fight-or-flight mode, wouldn't it be worth it? Oh yeah, I think it'd be worth it. That's very well written, Al. Yeah, Al, thanks for letting us read that. Brian, what do you think about this blog post? Well, I, I definitely have a bunch of thoughts, and I had so many thoughts that I actually wrote them out. Um, so I'm actually gonna, just going to read something I wrote. Uh, so if it sounds like I'm reading something that I wrote, it's because I'm reading something that I wrote. Oh, okay. That's okay, I think. Well, yeah, I wasn't asking for your permission. I was just going to read this. So I wrote uh, about Al's blog post. Um, This blog post has haunted me a bit because it brought back a memory of an uncomfortable conversation I had with someone who started talking about varying degrees of mental illness severity. The conversation really upset me, and I have never told anyone about it that I can recall. Maybe I told my wife? I don't actually know. I feel like I've kept it a secret. Anyway, this conversation took place about 10 years ago, around 2013. Oh, holy shit, 10 years ago? You've been hanging on to this for a while. Yeah, Brian, what just, what's going on? Oh, I don't know. I have been hanging on to this one, though. Um, you know, when I first read... This blog post by Al Levin, his reference to social distancing and COVID, brought up a lot of thoughts about COVID that have been on my mind, things that I have considered sharing somehow about how COVID has affected people's mental health. But really, the main idea of Al's blog post about others having it worse touched a nerve for me. Oh, good. Let's hear it. Okay, let's see. Uh, so we back up about a decade. I'm working at NAMI Minnesota, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. I'm coordinating the NAMI In Our Own Voice public education program. The rich volunteer presenters publicly share their personal mental health recovery stories, uh, something I had done since 2009. 
That's how I got started with NAMI as a volunteer presenter. And one of the presentation opportunities that routinely came up with NAMI was with the NAMI family to family class. Family to family is a 12 week class that NAMI created specifically for family members of a person living with a mental illness. The family attends weekly classes as a way to dive into this world of mental health as they try to learn how to support their loved one who is experiencing a mental illness. During one of these 12 weeks, the facilitators typically bring in a presenter who is living well with a mental illness to share their personal recovery story. The idea is to give these family members some hope about their situation and the person they are trying to support. When the family-to-family facilitators try to find one of these presenters, they often go through NAMI and end up using a volunteer from the In Our Own Voice program. Even though it's not the same presentation, In Our Own Voice is presented by two people and uses some video clips and has a fairly rigid format. The speaking experience with family-to-family has been much more loose and often becomes almost conversational in a way. So what's my point? How do I make sense out of this? Uh, so I actually wrote that. I'm reading, I'm reading what I just wrote. I wrote, so how do I make sense out of this? I guess I was just kind of writing. Anyway, uh, what am I rambling on for? Okay, back to my reading of my writing. So I had talked to several family-to-family classes, and some of the facilitators felt like they got to know me pretty well, which probably wasn't completely true. And I had become this sort of odd success story in their minds, because even though I had great struggles with bipolar disorder, I also appeared to have lived somewhat of a normal life, whatever that means. I would talk about how I had been a commercial pilot and flight instructor and how I could no longer work as a pilot because of my diagnosis, meaning that I did not qualify for the FAA medical certificate required to exercise the privileges of my commercial pilot certificate. I was married. I had two kids. I think I had two kids, Uh, if I'm right about the timing of this conversation from about 10 years ago. Maybe my daughter, kid number two, was on the way. I'm not quite sure. She's 10 years old now. So anyway, somewhat of a seemingly normal life. I was working. I had a family. I hadn't been hospitalized for about four years at the time of that conversation. Wow, it's been, now it's been 14 years. Wow. Um... I didn't write that. I just added that. Ad lib. Okay, back to my writing. Um, Let's see. I hadn't been hospitalized for about four years. At the time of that conversation, I was able to maintain a routine. I exercised. I attended family gatherings, etc., etc. So this conversation that has bothered me for 10 years was with one of the NAMI family-to-family facilitators. We were at the annual NAMI holiday party, and this facilitator commented how they needed to bring in a presenter who struggled more than me, and she even specifically referred to someone who lives with schizophrenia, and it hurt me because although externally everyone around me sees a guy living a normal family and work life and apparently fitting in with society the way we're told we are supposed to, 
Inside, I was dying. Inside, I was battling suicidal ideation. Inside, I was a failure. Inside was shame about my mental illness. Inside, life would never be truly worth living. Inside, I was broken. But I didn't have it bad enough for this NAMI family-to-family facilitator. They wanted someone who people quickly judged as having it worse than me, someone living with schizophrenia, they said. And to me, I was being told, I don't have it so bad, which didn't make sense to me because that just wasn't my experience. And I don't think I've ever resolved the conflict I felt after that conversation took place. And now I'm suddenly thinking about COVID again and how mental illness very quickly became a hot topic as the pandemic started and kids were stuck at home and couldn't see their friends and relatives couldn't visit each other and people were trying to work at home and families were trying not to kill each other as they were all stuck together 24-7 and there was all this anxiety about masks and the loss of life, people losing their loved ones and people afraid of dying and the fear that we may have COVID and pass it on to someone who might not survive it and on and on and on and on. The pandemic has been a gigantic mental health problem and as I witnessed this happening, I felt like an asshole because to me, in my mind, I was thinking, well, all you people in the world who haven't experienced mental illness now have a taste of what it's like to be me. But just a taste, because this pandemic probably isn't going to last forever, but my mental illness is apparently here to stay. So basically, I thought, I have it worse than about four-fifths of the people in the world, even though I know it's not that simple. That's what I found myself thinking. And I don't really know what any of this means, but I do see Al's point in his blog. For someone who hasn't accepted that they are dealing with a real mental health challenge, help may not come until you allow yourself to suffer. Let yourself have a problem so you can find a way to make some positive changes. I know I went way too far with my thinking as the pandemic started that I have had it worse than so many people who were finally freaking out for the first time. That wasn't healthy thinking. And who am I to judge? I can't get inside someone else's head. I don't know their true struggles. And what's the point of comparing? It's all relative to the individual's experience, not a game of who has it worse. So I like what Al Levin wrote in his blog post, and I'm going to finish this by reading his last paragraph again, just the last of, I think, four paragraphs. Al wrote, It seems to me that by stating that others have it worse, one can avoid the responsibility of acknowledging and taking ownership for their own difficulties or struggles. After all, to admit that things are challenging would mean that you'd have to address them. And to address them takes time and effort. But if taking the time and effort to work on your own mental health would allow you to once again feel, to get out of the depths of depression, or to finally understand how to handle your past traumas so that you weren't always in the fight-or-flight mode, wouldn't it be worth it? Yes, it would, I say again. Very well written, Al Levin. Yeah, Al, thanks again for letting me read that. Listeners, check out Al Levin's podcast, The Depression Files, and his website, 
thedepressionfiles.com. Let's move on to some of our music. Oh yeah, what did we decide to play this time? I think it was Better Off in the Morning. You are correct, I have the recording here. Shall we play it? In a second here, I want to mention the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline 988, or more info about that online at... 988lifeline.org uh, and, and a mental health resource NAMI National Alliance on Mental Illness at NAMI.org NAMI provides education, support and advocacy please check out our website EurekaPointLighthouse.com for our shitty blog some links to music uh, a link to my memoir Grounded by Bipolar Disorder One Pilot's Landing uh, and I think it's time to end with our song titled Better Off in the Morning listeners thanks for joining us goodbye people bye everybody thanks for listening here is the song better off in the oh, morning wait, hang on hang on okay i am hanging on i just wanted to comment that uh jimmy wrote this song back in again like the others january of 2019 and then this recording was a uh when was this recorded this recording took place august 4th 2022 all right play it bye here we go better off in the morning i can't stand the night i wake up so whole i go to bed with fright Doesn't matter where I'm going, the holy home is right Later on in the day, my chest begins to feel so tight And when the evening comes, the weight of the world comes Crashing down on my shoulders When the evening comes, the weight of the world comes Crashing down on me Well I can't get it right When I can't sleep at night My dreams are soaked in fright When I can't get it right I'm telling you it's fucked up And I hate the night And if I could change it all I would take away the night all together I would put two mornings back and back for my day and I'd feel better